Where else can you hear someone from Burlington, Vermont, followed by another from Peterborough, Ontario? Only here. Only here. So today we're going to be talking about cancer. You know that. We've discussed it a few times leading up to this moment, but we're going to kick off our conversation by having Casey Van Norman join us. She's author of several books that we've discussed here on Lifeline, including Named by God and another one called Raw Faith. She has um, had a tremendous impact uh, through the writing of those books, you know, on people all over the country and perhaps even all over the world. But um, just a year or so ago, she was named as one of our most, uh, kind of a rookie of the year thing, Casey. We we <laughs> called you one of our most influential new guests on Lifeline. And so we love having you back, and thanks for coming to talk with us about this. I love it, Neil. I'm so grateful. Anytime I get the opportunity to just speak life and truth and hope and wrestle with people intentionally and hard things, and that's why I love this show, and that's, that's what I believe in is the power of story and spoken word, and so grateful, so grateful to be back. I am a rookie. I'm still <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. About everything right now. No, you're not pulling the rookie card in us anymore. You're a wily veteran now. <laughs> yeah, you're going in a whole new category now. But, I love that. Well, at least maybe on the topic of cancer, I can I can <laughs> say that. So. Uh, that's true. We haven't directly addressed this issue with you. Um, just so people know, you know, grew up in around the church, and sometimes yep. use that even as a kind of a covering for some of the stuff you were going through, like we all have. You know, nice little Christian yep. girl on on the one hand, and struggling on the other hand trying to keep it all together um and then of course you know got married struggled in your marriage with some mm -hmm. things god rescued you through that situation yeah but um yeah i mean emotional struggle spiritual struggle yeah. and a lot of us have been there and we've struggled with very similar things now a physical struggle and mm -hmm. what was it 2010 or so or 11 you were diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm yeah that's right, 11, and then spent um, 2012 and into 13 going through treatments. And, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah, just recently, this past January, I actually got my first fully clear scan. So Really? Yes. So what does that mean now? Because they had told you at one point that what you had was incurable. That's but right. they're not finding it? They're not. Wow. <laughs> Praise God. It's crazy. It's the Lord only, and... It, I mean, it just means that it's still a struggle. It means that it's still an incurable as far as man is concerned and medicine is concerned of now. There's so many incredible things happening right now in the movement of, of science and yeah. and cancer on all levels, but um, specifically mine is lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, very treatable cancer, but a very fast-growing slash reoccurring. So it just means that this is going to be the wrestle for the rest of my life to struggle with every every scan that I go to uh, to say it could be back. It could be somewhere else. But for now, in this moment, just celebrating, celebrating God wow. as a healer, despite, sure. <laughs> despite whether the cancer is there or not, celebrating him as a healer, celebrating him as just this space in this moment that sure. has radically shifted everything for me, how I believe him, trust him, see his love, intersecting how I deal with human people every single day has radically shifted everything. So I celebrate that in this moment. Yeah. So oh, man, we are celebrating with you. <laughs> that is so cool. Cause the last time it I talked so cool. to you, I mean, it was just the reality that you are now living 
with cancer and this incurable, yeah. this idea that it's incurable. And so the whole concept mm-hmm. of death comes into your mind. And, yes. And it was kind of yes. like a, it wasn't really a black cloud per se because you're incredible in, in your way that you're trusting God through this process, but it's that hovering reality, right? And, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so excited to tell you. I was so excited to, and, and just to also to continue to look at the reality for so many people. That sure. was for me, that was the, the actual literal sucker punch <laughs> that is cancer and any disease, any illness, subsequent treatments, and, and the overflow, the wave, the tidal wave that then infiltrates every section of your life, every relationship, your church, your community, and how you will deal um, in, in all of those things. So grateful to have this moment to just to continue to the conversation on those places too because so right. many people are struggling yeah. with this very deep heavy hard weight when you first realized something was going on and it was 2011 you were rushed to the emergency room i think and you know didn't know what the deal was but within a few days learned you had non-hodgkin's lymphoma yeah what did i mean you called it a sucker punch but describe a little bit more about what was going on at that moment Man, well, so I, I often say, and you referenced it a little bit earlier, that two phone calls have radically changed and fundamentally changed my entire life. So the first phone call was in 2009 when um, the secret of my adultery was exposed and letting me know that the phone records had been found. And so this is that's the first phone call that I begin to then wrestle with God, not merely as a concept, mm-hmm. but as my reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and because everything in my world, I had hustled for every ounce of my worth and earned and, and numbed my, myself um, in such a cloak of shame. And so I'd seen all this sin suddenly rupture in a very relational way in 2009. And that's where the Lord began to just bring all the imperfections through fire um, and a laboring of everything that I thought I knew of every every relationship and of himself and beginning the process then of considering his love truly like psalm 107 where there's this we god is complex he is not one dimensional and so the reality of who he is not just as a concept right but his love becomes very complex to us because it meets so many different people and people can be very in love with jesus and love jesus and be in the darkest pits of sin how is that possible and so i begin this consideration of god's love as a complex um, reality experience in my life and then the second oh, wait before you go on call. before you get to the second phone call yes it, to just kind of read between the lines i think i hear you saying that when you're talking about this complex reality of god's love are, are you talking as well about the unconditional part of that love meaning that oh my goodness, in the past because yes. part of your story is that you were the good little church girl who tried so hard yeah. to put on a good face but truthfully we're struggling with sin and how many of us can raise our hands yep. and say that's our story too but that jesus met you in that place and said Yes. Now I'm going to show you what love looks like because on the day you'd feel like you least deserve it, yeah. I'm going to begin pouring unconditional love into your heart, right? I mean, that's really kind of what was yes. going on. Yes, and, and that is my hope that people hear that. That I mean, I get emotional just thinking about the radical, impossible, traumatizing love of God. Um, when I say complex, I mean that he is all. He is both and a father, a king, a counselor, a healer. And, and so what we tend to do in our world is be uber conservative or uber liberal and place God's love on these in these boxes that right. says that it can only be 
one thing. He yeah. can only be this love that just covers everybody and right. it's okay and you know, we're all going to get to heaven and doesn't look doesn't look with the weight of sin and judgment on that side and then there's the side that says I'm just a rebel, shameful person. I don't deserve it. I'm unworthy. Poor pitiful me. How can he love? And, and he's all of these things. He is both king who is holy and sovereign and and judges the world in justice and righteousness. He is also a healer and a counselor and a father who comes in as our friend. Hmm. He comes in to finish. So he's finished the work for us. And when that radical grace grips your heart, you want to obey. Yeah. It's no more this system. It's no more this He's in this box or this box. He is this complex, woven, intricate, gracious um, hound of heaven that comes after us. We have nothing to do with it, and it just radically shifts everything on end and begins to help us see people the way that he sees people and interact with his love and grace and mercy. And that is for all of us. It is for all of us. It is for everyone in the sound of my voice at this moment. And yeah. so, yeah, that was the call of 2009. It began that process of going, of ripping out, you know, all of the, reckoning me, reckoning right. me with my sin, my rebellion, and Jesus sent, coming in and saying, it is finished, honey. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing left for you to do, and there is nothing that you can undo. Wow. It is finished, and you have been liberated I mean, Luke chapter 4, Jesus coming in and saying the whole point of my, the whole point is for me to set prisoners free, give sight to the blind, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, bam, drop the scroll, sits down. Right. <laughs> he literally <laughs> drops the mic and says, it's finished, there's nothing more. This is it. This is why Jesus is here. This is what he's come to do, is set prisoners free. You're... And we are released to fail, and we are released to disappoint and not meet expectations, and we are released to struggle in some of the deepest, darkest <clears throat> pits of doubt and fear. We are released to be there and be fully there and vulnerable in that. Wow. That, you are preaching now. <laughs> preaching. Yeah, I amen. Am, I'm loving this. I'm letting my, let my Southern Baptist come out right. You go, girl. <laughs> All right. So in this process, God takes the ashes that were your life and your story and even your marriage at that point and begins to make something beautiful out of it, begins yeah. the restoration of you, Casey Van Norman, and also your marriage. And so i got to believe things were beginning to to look uh, a little more positive by 2011, things were beginning to settle into place and God was in the process of doing this great work and then bam, you get a second phone call. Right. Yes, God is healing, he's restoring. My husband is the, the uh, spitting image of grace standing in front of me. He is Jesus in flesh for me as he forgives me and my lowest of low as I am literally running from him, he stays. It's the Holy Spirit only. He will be the first to say that. Wow. And we watch this beautiful process of redemption begin to take place, which is, by the way, the cycle of everything. It is redemption that is the framework of the gospel and why we exist. It is the meaning right. behind every motive of every intention of who God is and how he communicates his image into us, why there is pain, why there is cancer. Uh, why there is adultery, why there is divorce, why there is trauma and trafficking and injustice in the world at large, because redemption is all. It is all. And the cycle of redemption that we see from Genesis to Revelation is, is that threefold series of 
of blood, suffering, pain, sacrifice, a laboring in there, and then a new thing. Mm -hmm. And it is what we see as women give birth. There is a laboring. There is a, a suffering, a struggle. And then there is blood. And then there is new life. And this is over and over and over in our life. And so I, here came this other wave, um, you know, as we are really getting this beautiful movement in our marriage. For the first time, we're friends. For the first time in our marriage, we are vulnerable with one another. I mean, we'd been married for 10 years right. before uh, my adulterous relationship even began. And we had never been at a place of intimacy like that of experiencing the radical awakening of our mm. hearts as God, as a reality. And that is what we begin to move in in 2011. Um, yeah, I just start having, I talk about it a lot in the book. I give the whole story in raw faith of, of what it looked like. But um, it, just pain in my abdomen had um, an, an ovary actually completely rupture and burst. Mm. Horrific pain. Um and then rushed in, full hysterectomy, they find a mass. And the, the, just so the Lord's work in every single part of it. Um, they remove the, the tumor. It's a golf ball-sized tumor in my abdomen. It is cancer, and not only is that cancer, but there's a lot of just pretty much my pelvic area, um, the lymph nodes just eaten up with cancer. And so we began then the 2012 year of, of chemotherapy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I really want to cuss right now, honestly, because it's just, that's my, that's my honest place. It's just what that feels like. I'm so mad at, mad at it. Mm. I'm just so aching for, um, I, I break and ache for the pain that is chemotherapy for so many people right now. That is their reality. Um, it is a suffering unlike anything it is completely different than any um, relational suffering and pain it's different than betrayal it's different than gossip it's different than slander and being hurt and disappointed and rejected it is a level of weight in your soul that is only between you and your maker and you have to reckon with whether he is true or not period hmm. what i mean is it just the side effect, the overwhelming side effects and all of that, or is it the, the reality that this, this is occurring because death would be imminent otherwise? I mean, is it just the whole thing rolled into one? It is fear. Yeah. It is fear. It is, you know, our body responds chemically in our brain to fear um, the same way that it does physical pain. So our brain actually, the same uh, neurons fire in the same place as physical physical pain as we experience fear or even the fear of rejection, the fear of death is the same place to our brain. Mm -hmm. And so as we're experiencing this fear of the potential death that is completely out of our control. So here's the layers. The layers are fear. And then the next layer is powerlessness that you have absolutely no control over anything. See, I can manipulate relationships all day long. Sure. I can manipulate people in my life, even my husband, um, even my closest family members, to love me and give me what I need the way that I want it. But I cannot manipulate cancer. I cannot change the course of my fate right. with a toxin entering my body in hopes that it will kill off all of the cancerous cells as it kills off 
my immune system that is fighting all the other things that I needed to do. And so it's the, it's the layers of fear, powerlessness, and then just the physical, just, yes, the symptoms you, of this, this toxin running through. I mean, this, this nausea, um, you know, it, it, being lethargic, not being the person that you've always been. It, it strips you of who you've always been, so your identity is floundering. Right. Because, uh, you know, even for me, I'm, I'm, I was 32 years old then uh, with a, a seven-year-old and a, and a nine-year-old, and to go, I can't even tend to their needs. I can't tend to the needs of my husband. I cannot be intimate with my husband. I have no desire there. And so you're wrestling with all these questions. Is he going to turn to somebody else? Is, Mm-hmm. It, it, are my children going to turn to uh, somebody else or look to somebody? And, and you're just so mad about it. You're so angry. And you're just in this perpetual cycle with the Lord going, why me? Why me? And then, Lord, I love you because I have no other choice. I have no yeah. other choice. If I don't love you, if you're not fully behind this, I have nothing. You were and, and that fight is is. Oh, man, it's beautiful. <laughs> you were scheduled for eight treatments, and I think you cut it off after four, which that couldn't have been an easy decision, but help us understand what that was about. Yeah, I totally did. So every treat, I was scheduled for eight treatments fully um, and had not gone in search. It's another, another place where I always caution, and um, when, I, when I get the privilege of talking with somebody who's been diagnosed to say, you are your own advocate. You know your body. You heed, especially believers, we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is able and capable. He is our wise counselor, Um, and and he's able to communicate with our senses. He's able to connect us holistically with our minds and our emotions and our physical presence and, and goes off the fire at the same time to lead us and guide us into where we are. So I was, I was in that moment so fully dependent upon the Lord because I really had nothing else that I was uber sensitive to the movement of the spirit. And so after four and, and was dying. So there's, there's been four on the table. I've been to the emergency room after every single one with a complication and at the end of myself physically could feel everything about me cratering including my body and and had watched my mother so I lost my mother when she was 50 years old to the same cancer I had watched her struggle and die a year before I got diagnosed her father I watched him struggle and die at the age of 78 with the same cancer so I also was wise to the pattern Um, I was wise to watching and, and looking and watching that they were so paralyzed and scared to be an advocate and speak up for what they were feeling and thinking, that they did nothing, and I'm, and and that's not to say I'm I'm determining that that right. God's not a sovereign God or that they could have right. changed that or whatever. It's just to say that in for me in my situation, I heeded the the movement of the Spirit in my heart to say your body cannot take another hit. Um, so I took myself off. I went to a specialist in Chicago, Illinois, for lymphoma. Um, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America is where I call home. I believe that they are, I'm not doing any kind of, I'm not being paid for any endorsement, but they are incredible. They are absolutely incredible. And they helped me wrestle with all of the pieces. Um, It was not just a physical piece and the medicine. It was also my diet. It was also exercise. It was the spiritual component. It was 
allowing all of these other natural things to come into play and consider them, just consider them. And so I did. I considered all of those things and I, I changed my lifestyle and I changed the way that I was doing some things, not in a crazy don't eat meat kind of way. I love bacon. Um, but <laughs> yeah. in a way that was just more aware of, of the spirit movement in my body and, and what my body needed and listening to those things. And so, um, yeah, I, God has just been really faithful in all of those to give me to bring me through some of those natural places as well as the medical places and all the medicinal things. The chemo is to be thanked for so many things. Um, but yes, just to be sitting in a clear scan. Wow. So at this point, and you referenced this earlier in case somebody just tuned in, your last scan indicates that you are cancer-free at the moment, by God's yes. grace. <laughs> I'm not even going to say at the moment. You are cancer-free. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yes. That's unbelievable. It really is. It well, really is. Take a moment and talk to the person who's struggling with cancer right now. And Casey, I have a dear friend, somebody that I have mm -hmm. such respect for in my life, um, who's been a mentor to me and has been so good to me, who's in the place you were at. And, uh, and of course, we're praying for him and, and praying for the mm -hmm. decisions and all of that. And I know that he's on the same journey that you've been on, but there are probably hundreds of people listening that are in the same place in an audience this size from Rochester, New York to Erie, Pennsylvania to Toronto and beyond in Canada um, and families that are dealing with these same kind of issues. So just for a moment from your heart, speak to those individuals uh, and, and at the same time, maybe give us some encouragement about how best we can, we can be a support to people who are going through this, this season of hell in their life. Yes. Oh, I'm so grateful for this place to speak. I mean, I it really, it's genuinely from the bottom of my heart, the most humbling place. Because if you are listening and you are struggling through any disease, um, namely cancer, uh, any illness, and you're or, or a family member, or you are a caregiver for that person who is struggling through this and wrestling through, we are kindred. That is what that is the beauty. If I can say this, and there will be grace there. Um, it's if, if people will allow me the place to say the beauty of illness, the beauty of cancer and the beauty of illness is that it attaches humanity. It bypasses prejudices. It bypasses stereotypes. It comes in the back door of what we think we know about another person, and it exposes this incredible place that connects all of us, despite time and space and economic status and skin color. Illness attaches us, and, the, and the, the vulnerability of our lives, the brevity of our life, is what attaches us on such a deep human level. And, and this, is, this is the place I love. This is the place I love about, and I really feel those wrestling with cancer have been chosen. I feel that we have been chosen to show the world at large this place. And it is brutal. It is a brutal hard, heavy season, and I think my one of my greatest um, notes, so I have several notes actually, Neil, written down mm -hmm. as I was thinking, like, what would I say? And so if, if you'll allow me just a sure. few notes is that I've learned through this process is there's, number one, there's no such thing as a brave face. Um, that's not a thing. <laughs> there's also no such thing as pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. There's, 
These are not real things. These are things that we say because we are uncomfortable. And so to enter in with someone in their pain and to be real about it is to say, I cannot fix this for you. I can only be here in it with you. And that is my, my word of encouragement to all the church, the community, friends and family who are loving someone well that is going through a diagnosis, um, that you would simply just be in it with them. I'm not asking them to put on a brave face. Maybe they just need to be sad. Maybe they just need to grieve this. Maybe they need to hurt and be angry. And the greatest gift of love that we can give them in that moment is to just simply be in it with them. Be, be, go, I don't know. I don't know what to say to you right now. I don't know how to pray. All I know to do is sit here with you in this pit. And that is the greatest way that we can love and support people Amen. going through um, cancer. Amen. It's also to give people specific things. So I really tried when I was going through chemo. There were days I, I just couldn't even get out of the bed. Um, so I really tried to um, have no expectations of understanding from others. Um, so that means that we set no expectations on people to understand what we are going through because it's not for them to. We've been chosen to endure um, and struggle through this with the Lord specifically in order that we might be shown a depth of God that is ours only. It is ours to own. It is not anyone else's to own. Therefore, I don't set expectations for people to understand and and meet me somewhere specific and do something specific for me. Um, because the truth is, Neil, that people forget. We're, we, we have things. We have life. People have their own problems, their own struggles. Right. And even now, it's very it, it feels a little odd. Sometimes I'll meet um, someone or go to a specific friend group or even be at church. And nobody knows this part of me. And I want them to. Mm-hmm. I want them to know it. And so um, I have to learn to let go of that expectation of others to know that part of me because it wasn't meant for them to. And, and that's a really beautiful release. And in that, I'm allowed to, um, specifically during my chemo treatments, right. set my people up with specific strategies to love me. Um, I could set my kids up. I could set my friends up and my husband up in specific ways to support me and help me during treatments that's not holding them to an unrealistic standard. You know, that would be something as simple as my son was in charge of bringing me ice water. My daughter was in charge of um, taking messages from my phone and writing little cards back to people as they were were calling in or sending in flowers or whatever that looks like. So just distributing those places, and it was really sweet. It taught my kids so much. And the honesty of that moment, be honest about your pain. Don't feel like you have to protect people because this is the most beautiful, the most honest version of ourself is the Lord. That right. is the gospel. That is the love. That is what we want, the most honest version, even if it's really messy, even if it's really messy. Sure. Wow. Uh, those are some powerful words, Casey. And um, I'm rejoicing with you for the place you're in right now and what God has taught you and that you have had the opportunity to own this deeper place with God yourself and, and speak life into the the hearts and minds of so many people that are listening right this moment as we deal with this whole issue of cancer today. But can can we just close? Can I pray for you and for others that are listening real quick here? Yes, please. Thank you, Neil. Yeah. Father God, I thank you for Casey and for the incredible 
work that you have done in her life, but we recognize at the same time, Lord, that when you died on the cross, it was for each and every one of us. So you know the places we've been, you know the struggles we've had, be they relational or emotional or whatever they are. God, you died to fix our mess. And and by your by your stripes, God, we are healed. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean physically, I mean emotionally, spiritually, and otherwise. Yeah. The work you did was complete, and, and it is finished. There's nothing else for us to do but enjoy who you are in this process, God. And thank you that you're the one who loves us in the midst of our mess. Mm-hmm. Teach us to do that for others, to just be there with them in those moments and, and to be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You can teach yeah. us that because you're the one who does that for us. So, God, thank you for the work that you are doing and have done in Casey's life and in her family. But I pray that same blessing, Lord, on all the others who are listening. And in, in, the re- in reality, there's going to be a lot more pain for some of the folks that are listening. To, mm-hmm. Right now, there's, there's more treatments coming or there's a, a longer journey ahead. And some of these stories don't end with a nice fairy tale ending. But the reality is, Lord, we have hope in you that... That's right. that our life is secure in who you are. And you said, whoever lives and believes in you will never die. Yeah. So God, teach us what that actually means because we're just human and it's hard to wrap our brains around it. But God, we want you more than anything in the midst of, of this kind of pain and teach us how to, how to yeah, truly Lord. come together as a body of believers and as, as humanity and experience you in our brokenness because you came for that very purpose that we might actually know you. And one day God will be perfected. One day we'll have new bodies and, and we'll stand before you. But thank you that that, that day is coming because we're going to need it. We're going to need a respite from what we've been through. But in the process, thank you for the joys that you give us here on this earth. Thank you for Casey's uh, clear scan that she got the other day. Cancer-free, God, we rejoice <laughs> in that in Jesus' name. And we pray for similar um, victories yeah. and, and joy in the lives of others who are listening today. Above all else, God, we need you. And give wisdom when it comes to treatments and making decisions about... Uh, Lord, I, I love what you said about we know our own bodies. God, let us learn from the Holy Spirit what's going to be right for any family, any individual in any given situation as to how we're to react to all this. Because you're the one who leads us and guides us. Holy Spirit, fulfill that role and allow us to let you fulfill that role in all of these situations. Yes. Because that's what you desire to do. We praise you, we thank you, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, Casey, uh, can you just move to Buffalo and hang out here? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would man. love it. I would love it. Neil, so, thank you so much. Thank you seriously from the bottom of my heart for just talking about such an important topic, but then just allowing me a space to remind people that you are welcome. he's bringing us home. He's bringing us home. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, all right. So, it's still Creek Ranch still going on? So just just branched out and started a new project, a new exciting venture. Um, I've actually been doing a lot of research on life story mm-hmm. and uh, learning that there's not a ton of resource out there to help people really process their story from a redemptive perspective. And so I'm actually working to uh, build a retreat center and uh, resources and curriculum. I'm so excited. It should Love be coming it. out in the next year to help people work through and navigate their life story from this place, this radical redemptive place, and really put some language and context around why we sure. are. <laughs> I love it. And so in that, yeah, so branched off of the ranch, but um, still working in nonprofit, still hoping fully to see people restored um, through their story and who they are in the love that meets them there. So thank right. you for asking. So where do we find you online? How do we do that? CaseyVanNorman.org. All right. K-A- 
S E Y V A N Norman, CaseyVanNorman.org. That's it. All right. Love you as a sister in Christ, Casey. You're Love welcome you back anytime. Take care. All right. Thanks, Bye-bye.